Hello! Welcome to the Above Average Irrelevance podcast. This is uh, episode 34. Today is Monday, April 24th. No. If you're following along at home, <laughs> has been a while. But I'm Matt. Scott's here. All is good. We're back. We're back. The scotch is flowing. It is flowing. Uh, Lagavulin is a very fine scotch. I like it. So we should start with welcome back. You've been traveling. Yes. I was away for work for a couple weeks in Nelson, British Columbia, up in Canada. Which is Canada for those yes. geographically challenged. It's cool. It's a little mountain town. It's kind of like a hippie town, good music scene. Um, How many people live there? 10,000. 10,000. And it's not near any um, major metropolitan area. So I flew into Spokane and drove yeah. north. Um, there's really no other... I guess Calgary is like five hours away. Vancouver is three or four hours away. How long was it to drive um, from Spokane? Like three and a half hours. Hmm. <laughs> Along like two lane road, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I worked most of the time I was there. Like it was pretty busy, um, but I did have a free weekend. So yeah, it was fun. Is there a a Walmart or a Target there? Like what? Do... There was a Walmart in Nelson. Uh, so that's so, where everybody buys everything. Yes, and there was a little. I mean, I shopped a couple times. I actually got really sick immediately when I got there, and so I had to buy some like flu cold and flu medicine Um, but there's like little pharmacy and little department store downtown that kind of thing similar to any you know american town of ten thousand people um interestingly there was no target because there's no target in canada there was a huge rollout of target you remember that in canada and then six eight years ago and it failed and they closed them all yeah um i read an article so no target but there was a walmart i did not set foot in walmart while i was there which I felt good about <laughs> <laughs> for lots of reasons. Of course, I was on. I was eating on an expense account, so I got to. Eat <laughs> so who out cares? Yeah, for every meal. Um, you know what, though, eating out every meal for two weeks it sounds awesome until you do it, and then I felt like total garbage when I got back. I uh, <laughs> when I was on my motorcycle trip last year for two weeks, we ate out at every meal, and uh, it can, you know. Every meal does not have to be a feast. Sometimes it's okay just to order the salad. <laughs> I know. I started off very good the first week, you know, eating salads and yogurt and for breakfast and all that kind of stuff. And by the end, it was like, well, because that's part of the fun of traveling. You know, I don't travel for business very often. I can count on half of one hand the number of times I've traveled for business in my career. And so that's part of the fun is getting to try a bunch of new restaurants, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried to at least enjoy myself in my eating, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm still recovering from it. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so I was gone. You were gone. You took a little trip out west. Yeah, I went out to sunny California, saw some family, saw the space shuttle, space shuttle Endeavor, Mm. saw the battleship Iowa, you know, did stuff. Got some sunshine. Got some sunshine, did some hiking. Cool. Up a mountain because yeah. California. <laughs> I mean, 
but uh, it was good. I had a good time. Um, you know, it's uh, California, even Los Angeles, right? There, I don't know if, how much traveling you've done in California, but there is a very different vibe in different cities. Sure. Uh, and and LA is a is a, I don't know. It's not as laid back as other parts of California. Um, but when you're just there as a tourist, it can be kind of pleasant. You know, the traffic isn't even that terrible hmm. when you don't have to, like, be somewhere by some time. <laughs> right. Right? So, yeah, it's a good time. And uh, the nice thing was that, you know, it was in March, so here it was still cold and terrible. Mm -hmm. um, but it was... It was in the sun, uh, uh, sunny in in the seventies out there, which is wonderful because it's not yet uh, oppressively bright <laughs> and one hundred and ten degrees. Mm -hmm. And it had rained, you know, because California it was flooded. in a drought. <laughs> yeah, well, it was in a drought for years, but and then it basically flooded. Okay, and uh, so everything was green. Um, which you know, the people I visited out there were like, "Man, nothing is ever green here." It's, you've picked the perfect time to come because yeah. it's, you know, not yet so hot that everything has died <laughs> and we did get rain and now it's green. Ha. Huh. So I had a good time. Good I did not eat at the In-N-Out Burger, oh. but I did eat at a place that cooked French fries in duck fat. <laughs> which was wonderful Dang. <laughs> yeah so speaking of eating out all the time <laughs> duck fat french fries which they didn't have that in canada um no they did put gravy on their french fries of course they did french influence yeah um but no duck fat hmm. uh, i nice that place is in long beach anytime you want to go i'm on a plane <laughs> <laughs> i'm on a plane so my trip did um, bring up all sorts of things to complain about, most of which I'll spare you. But the one thing in particular was dealing with my cell phone uh, in another country. Yeah, I uh, I was sending you emails because I didn't know right. what your cell phone situation was. And you briefly... So it turns out with T-Mobile, the thing, something has changed because I went to Canada on a vacation a couple years ago and my service was great. My calls were free. I had high speed data, you know, everything was dandy this time. No, I had unlimited data at 2G speeds, which was crazy slow. Have you ever tried to like use Yelp on a phone with 2G? It's even hard to do when oh, you're down man. on 3G, man. It was crazy. Um. And then I had to pay, like, my phone calls were, like, 10 cents a minute. Um, it's Canada. It's not like you're going to some remote island in I don't the know. South Pacific. And the craziest thing, and this has always kind of bugged me about T-Mobile, but it's never really mattered that much until I was there. T-Mobile supports Wi-Fi calling. Yep. Only it's sort of a mystery when your call is being made over Wi-Fi or not. Because just because you're on a Wi-Fi network doesn't mean... It doesn't say up in the upper left corner? Well, it said, you know, you have the the Wi-Fi symbol next to the carrier name when you're on Wi-Fi. But that doesn't guarantee that when you make a call, it's on Wi-Fi. 
AT&T does Wi-Fi calling, which mm-hmm. I do, and I can tell you, even though my phone is on the Wi-Fi here, yeah. I'm not going to make a Wi-Fi call. Why? Because it doesn't say Wi-Fi. Oh, it'll say Wi-Fi. It does. With T-Mobile, it never does. What's, it, what's your say right now? Well, right now it says AT&T because I switched to AT&T today. Oh, I, got, I skipped to the end of the story. You did. Spoiler. Sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, okay. So it drives me crazy. So any call I make on Wi-Fi would be free, um, but you can't tell it only. There should be a setting, right? Only make a call if I can use Wi-Fi calling. Otherwise, don't do it. Well, so um, the person I suspect that you were likely calling also has an iPhone. You could have FaceTime audio. We did FaceTime. Oh, FaceTime audio. Okay. We did some FaceTime video phone to phone. It didn't work great. Like there was a lot of stuttering. Because a lot of bandwidth for the video. Right. Then I moved to using my MacBook Pro mm-hmm. and she used her phone and then it was perfect. It was fine. It was just phone to phone was bad. So we did switch to FaceTime, but that only worked when, you know, I was like eh, somewhere, you know, in the hotel on Wi-Fi, whatever. Anyway, it's just dumb. It's dumb to support Wi-Fi calling, to have that as a feature. Hey, you know, Wi-Fi calling is free. Mm -hmm. Only if you're on a Wi-Fi network, we can't guarantee that the call is going to be made Wi-Fi. So when I got back, you know, I made a few calls from my hotel and I knew it was sort of like. I was rolling the dice anytime I used my phone. That's something I think that you have to understand when you're in another country. Anything you do with your phone, you're rolling the dice. Yeah. Um, I had even called them, called T-Mobile ahead of time and asked them if it was free calls and they had said yes. Um, When I got into Canada, I got a text message from T-Mobile, which this is actually a really nice feature, but I got a text from T-Mobile that said, you know, you're going to have unlimited 2G data. All texting is free, um, but phone calls are 10 cents a minute. Oh, so you got a different answer. Than I had gotten over the phone from a representative. Yeah. Um, um, so when I got back, I look at my bill. That indicates that maybe it was the way the representative thought, but it has changed. And they didn't actually look it up. Like, it's changed recently. Yeah. So I, when I got back, I look at my bill. It's maybe 50-50. Um, the calls that I made when I was on a Wi-Fi network, some of them are Wi-Fi calls, some of them aren't. Yeah. Like, that's just... That's unreasonable. One of the hard, when you set up Wi-Fi calling on AT&T, one of the things that you have to go through and do is basically tell them, where am I? So that um, 911 works. And so, uh, like, even though I'm here and I'm on the Wi-Fi here, my phone isn't switched over to Wi-Fi calling. But could you force it to, or is it deeming that, like, the Wi-Fi signal isn't strong enough that it won't? I think it. I think it knows that I'm not where I told it I am when I do Wi-Fi. Oh, calling. I see. So it won't the nine one one. I see. Right. Now, why it couldn't do Wi-Fi calling except when I call nine one one? I don't know. Uh, but well, it's obviously to T-Mobile's advantage for you to not know. I mean, so then they can surreptitiously charge you for a call when you think you're on Wi-Fi and you're not. Well, except that it makes people leave right? as it did for you. So that's the thing. Um, so that that isn't the only... I've had a lot of bad experiences with T-Mobile lately, and I just feel like their network has really deteriorated in the last five or six years yeah. that I've been on T-Mobile. And, I mean, there have been so many places lately that I... Um, haven't had service or I'm on a partner network and when I'm on a partner network then I can't use any data and it's <laughs> 10 just megabytes on and, of data. Yeah, it's on and on and on. Um, and I have a one gigabyte plan 
which just very recently I've started hitting that gigabyte every month. You know, my data usage has increased over time. Um, so I needed to up it anyway. And I was like, rather than deal with T-Mobile, I'm just going to switch to AT&T. And so I did it today. Awesome. What plan are you on now? Um, a really, it's actually cheaper. I thought, you know, I was on this $50 T-Mobile plan. Yeah. And I thought that I was going to end up having to pay, you know, $90, $100, whatever. I'm on a $40 prepay plan at AT&T. Wow. That gets me three gig of unlimited speed data a month. <clears throat> unlimited texting and calling. Which suits my needs. Perfect. 40 bucks a month. That's even less than I pay. It's crazy, right? Yeah. I think I technically get more data than you. Do you have rollover data? Just one month. It'll roll over to the next month, but then you you lose it. Huh. I should look, because I think that's less than I pay. I think I technically get more data, but... There were like three tiers of plans. There was like their unlimited plans... Then there was their plans that are the ones you have to do if you've ever if you're ever gonna want to do like an installment pay phone kind of deal yeah. like their plan plans and then their pay as you go are for people strictly like bring your own device type plans which is you which that's what I do and the representative was kind of like he kind of brushed those off because he's like then you're never gonna be able to get a phone through the carrier and I'm like correct <laughs> I'm never going to get a phone through the carrier tell me more yeah that's. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, that's what I did, right? Yeah. I mean, I just paid, you know, put down my MX card and bought the phone and done. And I'm happier for yeah. it. Oh, yeah. This phone is the first one I did that, and I will never, never be on contract, never be on installment plan again. I'd consider doing the one through Apple, you know, where you get the new phone all the time. We've talked about that. Yep. You know, I'd think about that, but I'm never going to do a... A two-year plan through AT&T where you have to pay off the value of the phone if you switch or... To be fair, a lot of people, uh, like the the math works out that it's whatever the price of the phone is divided by 24. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know people that just don't have the 800 or $1,000 that they want to spend on the phone that month. Um, but, you know, it's an incentive for them to stay with their carrier for at least two years. Right. And then uh, most people are like, oh, finally paid off my phone a couple months ago. Now my bill's cheaper. And, and, I, and <laughs> I don't want to, don't want to get a new phone yet. Cause right. I'm happy that the bill is cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. So, so, so far so good. I made a couple calls today and honestly, I haven't been super impressed with the call quality, but I'm a little, I kind of like have initial paranoia that like, it's going to be worse. So I think I might just be, it might be in my head. Have you turned on AT&T's um, Wi-Fi calling? I haven't. No, I haven't set up my voicemail. Or I haven't done anything yet. Yeah. I just did it over my lunch hour, so. So I read an article. Uh, I'll have to see if I can dig it out. But it, um, the article said that Verizon lost 400,000 customers in the period of time from when AT&T or whomever it was, had like the first set of unlimited plans hmm. until Verizon introduced their own. Really? Yeah. Like unlimited, even though it's not really unlimited, but just freedom from the fear of blowing up your data Yeah, is a big driver for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I mean, I was almost kind of seduced by the unlimited plan because it is a pretty good deal. 
so it's 90 bucks. Um, if you were a heavy data user, it's a good deal because it's 90 bucks. You get up to 22 gigs of data a month. Mm-hmm. You get a free HBO Now subscription. Um, really? Yeah, you get a Direct TV Now, like the Direct TV streaming, streaming for 10 bucks a month that you can add on. Like if you were gonna, do, if you were a high data consumer, <clears throat> heavy digital streamer, you wanted, you know, a, a package deal. I mean, 100 bucks a month, you're really getting a lot for your money. Can you? Uh... Would all that crap work on my Apple TV? Because I have very little interest in streaming all that crap on my phone. But, right, no. But if I can do it all on my Apple TV. From what I understood, I wasn't really interested in that, so I didn't dig into the details. But from what I understood reading the material, yeah, you can use the DirecTV Now and the HBO Now subscription. Because HBO Now is 15 device. bucks a month. Right. Period. Yeah, and you get it free. So it, it's like you're not paying $90, like you're paying $75. Assuming you were going to pay for HBO Now anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. And then they so, knock like 25 bucks off your DirecTV now. So if you were someone who ne- was a like sports live event type streaming consumer and you needed something other than Netflix and HBO. Well, currently so. hockey playoffs no longer matter. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, the Wild didn't pull it out. No, well, they got down three games to none. That's a tough hole to dig out of. To the freaking Blues. I mm. that. To be fair, the Blues goalie, Allen, he deserves all of the accolades. He made it happen. He made it happen. So all right. Good, good for them. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. Uh the thing that I decided, I just decided, you know, I'm tired of T-Mobile. I'm going to give AT&T a shot. It's month to month. If I don't like it after a month, I'll you can go to try Verizon. Or, I can't take this phone. No. I thought your phone was the... my. I think I can only use it on AT&T and T-Mobile. I think that it's a different... I thought your generation, it was the same chipset. I thought Verizon and Sprint were some other... They are, but I thought no. I thought the sixes had all of it built in. It's this. Mm-hmm. It's my phone that doesn't. I don't think so. Your phone's the one that it's actually a different phone for T-Mobile and AT and T. They split it out even further. Uh, I don't know. There's two models of the six plus. One that's the what is it CDMA, and one that's the GSM or whatever. Yeah. Mine cannot go to Verizon. So if I switch to Verizon, I'd have to get a new phone. But if I hate AT and T. Then when I get an iPhone 8, I'll get it on Verizon. And I'll play Carrier Roulette, you know, until I find the least of the worst. It changes. Well, that's the thing. I was very happy with T-Mobile for many, many years. And the service has actually degraded over time. I think AT&T has improved over time. I don't know where they're at in the the peaks and troughs of their service cycle, but... At my house, I've been an AT&T customer for a long time. Like, I had... I've had many AT&T phones, um, but I used to have pretty good service with my Motorola Razr V3. Remember that metal flip phone thing? Remember mm-hmm. that? That was the it phone for a long time. Uh, I used to have pretty good service. I had some Nokia phones before that on AT&T. I had really good service, but... Uh, you know, then I had an iPhone, then I had another iPhone. Um, over time, the service has degraded at my house, but it 
has coincided with when the technology has changed for the network hmm. because as we move to faster data speeds the voice gets worse well the the frequency that the signal is carried on like it used to be a 700 megahertz signal and now it's probably a two gigahertz signal or whatever it is right the, okay. the frequency goes up and so the penetration into buildings from the higher frequencies is less so the effective range that a cell tower can provide the same mm. quality of service as the frequency goes up shrinks so but it's not like your house moving. is virtually getting further away it, from the signal it is right mm. um which is why you know wi-fi calling means that i you know i have strong wi-fi at my house so i can right you know make calls and it sounds brilliant when i'm doing wi-fi calling right assuming the cable modem hasn't lost its mind but um so it sounds really good but just making a call it can be a little little dodgy on cellular at my house if i stand outside in my driveway it sounds fine but it's not a great way to take a call because inevitably when you do that that's when your neighbor decides now is the time to mow the yard right exactly and then when i'm finished mowing the yard i'm gonna run the the blower yeah. for 45 <laughs> minutes and then I'm going to run the weed whacker. Right. Right. And then I'm going to crank up the tunes while I grill out. That's what's going to happen. Okay. I, I better get Wi-Fi calling enabled then. That might solve some of my problems. Assuming my Wi-Fi stays up. Do you want the next <laughs> I was going to say, make this so one fast. Ch Charter was here again this week, right? Right. So now <laughs> we're on the third cable installed from the street to my house. Um, is it currently just laying in the yard again? Just laying in the yard. So they installed one in January. I think I've told half this story already. They they put in ran a new cable in January. Um, it was on top of the ground until while I was gone in Canada. While I was away for work, actually, you know, I get an email when the my NAS goes offline and my thermostat right. goes offline, and all these emails start rolling in, and it's like I'm I hope my house isn't burning down. Something's <laughs> happening. That <laughs> that's right. There's no more internet. Um, and so then when I got back, they had in fact buried the cable while I was gone, and which broke. broke everything. So then I had to have somebody come out. They're like, yep, the cable got damaged when it was buried. <clears throat> so they pulled it out and ran a new one laying on the ground. Same like, spot. Same spot. We're going to come bury it. They came and buried it last week. I'm at work and the emails start flying in. <laughs> the house is burning down. I get home. Sure enough, they had buried the cable. Everything stops working. Um, so they come out again. Yep, cable was damaged when it was getting buried. So now the there's same, a third cable. Is this the same cable guy? It's been a different tech every time. I don't know if it's the same dumbass who's burying it. <laughs> um, They're clearly not learning. And so this guy, you know, and now, so I am very patient. Like, if you get it fixed, fine. Now I'm getting impatient. And so I said to him, I'm like, this needs to not happen a third time. So what can we do to make sure this doesn't happen a third time? Yeah. And so he wrote, you know, in big letters on the dig form or whatever they call it, you know, cable's been damaged on two prior berries. Please don't yeah. be dumb. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I have no confidence that when they bury this, I'm not going to get notifications you, that everything's busted again. Do you know when they're going to come and bury it? This time I, you can have a phone number and you can have them notify you. 
And this time I, I didn't elect to do that last time because I don't care. I'm not going to come and stand in the yard and watch him bury it. This time I'm going to come and I'm going to stand in the yard and I'm going to watch him bury it. And I'm going to insist that we make sure everything's working before they leave. Yeah. So Of course, even if he breaks it, he's going to be like, well, it's not yeah. really my department. Well, it was working. Now you're yeah. here and you've broken it. Yeah. So you Escalate. Need to, you need to figure it out. <laughs> so that's been a hassle. I mean, like when I got back from my trip, it was Friday night. You know, it was Easter weekend. So it's like I'm just... I have to wait to deal with it. That's the thing. It's like it's out and they can't come and immediately fix it. So then you're looking at two or three days without internet. I know the horror, the horror, but you know what it is like dealing without having internet for a couple of days. It's actually kind of tragic, especially when you have a T-Mobile, uh, <laughs> T-Mobile, terrible cell phone, terrible, service. right? Exactly. Terrible <laughs> T-Mobile cellular data. It's like, I don't, I don't even have a backup. So That's it's like funny. crisis mode. Yeah. So I hope, I hope, good thoughts about my internet okay so then my third and final complaint <laughs> okay. so when i was in canada i started watching a tv show on netflix um that you i don't know if i'm gonna i don't canada. know if i'm gonna say what the show was or not and then i got back to the states and wanted to continue watching it and it's not available because it's only available in canada so now i'm going down this path of uh, getting a Canadian IP address so I can watch a Netflix show that's available in Canada. And I started down that path and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I'm just not going to watch it. Fine. If they don't want me to watch the show in America. Torrent it. I won't watch the show. I could. I don't know. It's kind of a dumb show anyway. I, to be fair, I believe Netflix would love to show you the show. But whatever studio makes the show has agreements. Right. <laughs> okay. That's all my complaints for today. Should we talk about something real? <laughs> uh, so I'm still doing burpees. Burpees. I don't know if we talked about that. I think that's been... We talked about the 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 woman who did 30 burpees for 15 days, right? Okay. So I've been doing... A bunch of burpees for yeah. more than 15 days now. Um, <clears throat> well, this week I started doing five sets of six as opposed to six sets of five. So they're getting a little easier. Okay. With uh, rest, significant rest between sets? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's... So it's, you had sent me a video, we'll, I'll put it in the show notes, a video of like good burpee form. Are you really focusing on that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I learned a lot thing. from that video. Yeah. A burpee can be anywhere from just like throw yourself on the floor and stand back up to, you know, the very strict squat, no. push up in the bottom, squat, you know. So I, I crouch down, I kick my legs out. And then do a push-up. And then back up. Pull my legs in. And then stand up and jump. Okay. Do you clap overhead? Uh, no. Okay. I don't always do it in a room where I have that clearance. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes I do. Right. Sometimes I don't. I don't know. I think that's sort of an optional part of the burpee. In CrossFit, you always clap overhead at the top of the burpee. But I know people don't do that necessarily. The, the point is, you're I'm, back up to fully. I'm back up. I'm vertical. I'm. Uh, I am working hard 
at having good form, and as such, there is no wasted movement. Like when you're doing a burpee with really good form, Mm -hmm. every movement there is a it's thin... like advancing your body yes yeah and there's a there's a part of you that that feels the pain of that occurring mm. <laughs> uh so you're gonna do this to what end well um i guess i don't know i it would be nice i suppose like the ultimate goal would be to just be able to do 30 burpees just just rip them out just do them um we'll see it's gonna take a while to get there it's gonna take more than a month i mean this person in the article that we talked about you know she was very fit and so she was doing sets of 10 and just cutting down how much rest time that she had I'm doing you know I started just doing push-ups because the push-ups were hard for me um and you know when I was doing burpees when I got to actually doing an actual burpee you know I'm I'm waiting 10 minutes in between Hmm. I could probably go faster than that but you know if you're not literally just going to stand around and wait till your watch says a minute has passed you're going to like wander off and do something right. else. And so then, in, you know, any amount of useful thing that you're doing, folding the laundry or doing the dishes or reading email or something, all of that stuff happens in like five to 10 minute increments. Right. right. Like you, so I don't know. I like it. It's hard to do on the weekends. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's easier to do during the week when the schedule is a little more regular. Yeah. But... <clears throat> Maybe this is how you should re-enter the... I don't know. ...into the world here. Right. I could. Get rid of my eating out. Or the cookie butter Wait. peanut butter that I brought over? Yeah. <laughs> this from the guy who brings over a jar of cookie butter. <laughs> but Just because I got to try it, and it... It was good. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> that was an impulse purchase tonight at the grocery store. I hadn't even Thank said you for sharing. Yeah. I really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Should we talk about some of these things on the list? Yeah. Sure. I guess just this once. Just uh, briefly. Well, let's start at the top. Let's talk about this. Michael K. Williams ask Michael K. Williams if you think I'm being typecast. So this is a this is an advertisement for the Atlantic, right? Which is a magazine, mm-hmm. news magazine. Um, <clears throat> but it's you know it's two minutes, three minutes, whatever it is, and it's Michael K. Williams playing several roles, like hanging out in what's presumably his house. I'm sure it's not actually his house, right? But you know, hanging out in a house, asking the question, "Have I been typecast?" Right. You know, playing all of the characters. So the initial, the initial character he's playing, right, seems to be like sort of like his idealized character. Yeah. Like the the choice he made, and then the other people, the other versions of him who start jumping in are like the stereotypical. Yeah, like uh, characters. Was it, uh, chalky white or whatever yeah. from the 
Boardwalk Empires and all these other things that he's been in, right? Yeah. So, uh, it's it's fun. It's kind of poignant. It was. Yeah, that's what they had said here. Um, for a, a promotional video for The Atlantic, it was unexpectedly poignant. Yeah. And I agree. So the the tagline, the point of it was question your answers, right? Like challenge your assumptions. Right. Um, but it was interesting. It, it's a, just an example of sometimes the internet provides. Right? It like, surprises you, yes. Yeah. It's not all terrible yeah. fake news. <laughs> and there was a funny part in it where he's one of his versions is petting a cat and get into it yeah, down some... a rabbit hole of is the cat being typecast yeah. what if the cat wanted to be a poodle poodle yeah <laughs> what if it moved and started doing poodle things yeah. made everybody believe it was a poodle would it then be a poodle <laughs> <clears throat> yeah that was funny good find uh, so then this next video is um some uh, it's a video of the tools, some of the tools that uh, Industrial Light and Magic built for the director to use when doing Rogue One, and so um, the director whose name escapes me. Do you remember who the guy's? Well, he's a famous guy. And, Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's a. Uh, He's apparently the type of director that likes to kind of wander around his sets looking for shots. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is tough to do in space. Right. And so what ILM did was build a, a way for him to, like, they would kind of rough a scene. And then he could move this thing around and view in real time things from different angles. So it wasn't really VR. Like, they didn't have him plugged into a VR. Yeah headset but it was using that type of spatial recognition technologies like it was literally an htc vive controller like duct taped to the back of an ipad, iPad yeah <laughs> so that they could i mean it's similar to the vr the phone vr stuff where you hold your phone up and you move around and yeah. you know what you're seeing moves um yeah so then in all of the all of the 3d stuff right he could he could move this thing around and kind of see the universe that they created. And mm-hmm. I assume they would have their um, their uh, digital artists there and be like, oh, there needs to be more ships or that yeah. ship needs to be moved. But then he could kind of like pick, you know, views like, oh, like it should start here and then the camera should move and end up over there. And so they could kind of yeah. keep track of those coordinates as it were. And then they would dump that stuff into their pipeline and, you know, then that would be information fed into so that the their actual 3D artists could use that as references for the mm-hmm. stuff that they're making. Um, and so they could get the camera angles that the director wanted and, and, uh, and do all the, all the, you know, allow him to work in the way that he wanted to be able to work. I can only imagine that that set of tools will rapidly become kind of standard mm-hmm. for directors. Um, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, it was, it's. Really I'm sure weird. anybody who's ever had to do the same type of thing without a tool like this, like mm-hmm. just decide out of my head, okay, this is how we're going <clears> to <throat> zoom in on the spaceship, you know, to just conceive what the scene should look like, is going to be super jealous of not being able to do. This. George Lucas has got to be going. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I needed that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I 
that would have been cool, George. You know, but your dialogue still ahead sucks. Of my time, yeah. yeah. Speaking of dialogue, so that was the other thing. So the VR stuff, I mean, that's just amazing. The other thing was talking about. Um, this was in the article where they talked about how they basically constructed a mock film to determine the timing of particular scenes. Oh yeah. Um, before any of the dialogue was written, so basically they were pacing, pacing the movie first. Right. And then deciding how much dialogue to put in based yeah. upon what they wanted the pacing of the various scenes to be, which is fascinating. Um, and, you know, it produced a great movie. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's you talk about George Lucas's dialogue. I mean, I guess maybe that's a fault of a screenwriter getting, you know, married to scenes of dialogue. And then it turns out it's not quite right. And then they film it and then they have to edit it. And, well, this guy paced the movie first. And then tailored in. the dialogue to it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe filmmakers do that all the time. It sounded to me like it was something really outside the box. Well, pacing and controlling the flow and the emotional peak of a movie is a hard yeah. thing to do. A lot of movies kind of get it wrong uh, or not as ideal as they want. And I think part of that is they had a script and it went one way. And once they filmed it and got it all together, oh man, it wouldn't it work better if... Right. Right. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I think there is some, there are some people who aren't super hot on pre-visualization because they think it precludes the spontaneity that you mm. might otherwise be able to achieve. And there's probably some truth to that. But um, for a picture like Rogue One, which is undoubtedly some $200 million enterprise you know, that involves 10 million people spread across the whole planet working on it for a year. There's, there's not a lot of room for spontaneity, for right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of money being spent for every minute that you're out there capturing that stuff. And not that you shouldn't take the time to get it right, but there's a lot of things that you can do to understand what it is you're trying to do, uh, in advance. Some of the classic movies like, um, you know, Apocalypse Now or even um, Steven Spielberg's Jaws, right? The original Jaws movie. Those movies were successes in spite of the chaotic nature of their filming process because it was kind of, <clears throat> they were kind of making up the story as they went <laughs> uh, in, in those instances. And, uh, you know, fortunately something useful came out of it. I'm sure there are all kinds of movies where that was occurring that are just, right. you know, rotting in a vault somewhere because they're, what was produced was terrible. So, yeah. Very interesting, though. Even I have more respect for the movie now than I already did, So I, which was I, a lot. I bought it on Blu-ray. We should watch really? it. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know it was out already. Yeah, I was in Target one day. and I've been out of the loop. And, uh... You know, impulse purchase date. That seems pretty quick. Like, it was just playing. It was around Christmas time, wasn't it? Um, or was it early December? It was December, early. January. I mean, it, it was in the theaters for a long I time. I guess it's been... Because it was so successful. Months. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'll but have to buy that one, too. It's not... I mean, what incentive does Disney have to not put it out there? Because to some extent... You know, isn't there another Star Wars movie coming this fall? Yeah. yeah. It's episode eight. Eight. 
So, you know, you gotta, you don't want to like start getting in the way of marketing of that thing, right? Yeah. Like, you want to talk is there, about? Is there a trailer for it yet? I feel like yeah. I've seen kind of a trickle of you know the title and then posters, but I haven't seen a trailer yet. There's a trailer. Came out a few okay. days ago. I'll have to track that down. Yeah. It's, awesome. it's time to get excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, some of my friends have watched the trailer and they're like, ah, I can't believe I have to wait until what, fall. six months. Jeez. Yeah, they, they're very impatient. It's, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Life's hard. I mean, really, waiting for Star Wars. <laughs> I feel like that could be a documentary, waiting for Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher, that should, Christopher Guest should do a movie about like uh, like Star Wars nerds, nerds waiting, waiting for, for the next episode to come out. Yeah, there you go. That could be a thing. <laughs> Netflix just announced they're going to take another loan for a billion dollars to make more content. So really, yeah, maybe they should spend wow. some of that making waiting for Star Wars. Maybe they should normalize what shows they show in what countries. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Mm. Maybe they should just buy a movie studio and just be done with it. <clears throat> well, that's where they're going. Well, that's where Amazon's going. Speaking of voices and pacing, let's do the iPhone voiceover one. Okay. So this is David Pogue. So first, can we talk about the tragedy of David Pogue at Yahoo? Like, I didn't know he was still there. I just figured he had moved on to... Something, Something else yeah. until you posted this and it's stated March 10th, 2017. So he is still withering on the vine at Yahoo. He still produces great work, but man. Does Yahoo, anyone see it? Yeah. Yahoo is such a terrible mess these days, right? I mean, it's just kind of a black hole. So I uh, wonder if he regrets the move he made. I doubt it. I'm sure, he now, got, I'm sure he got a big paycheck to go there. I suppose. I mean, maybe for his career, for his bank account. But um, now that, you know, Walt Mossberg's retiring, I feel like he was sort of in a position to become the... The guy. Know, the tech. He still know, could. Yeah. So, uh, were you listening to um, the talk show? I have been listening to the talk show. Because they were talking about this, right? Not... The most recent episode is with Lisa Jackson about oh, Apple's yeah. space stuff. I haven't finished that episode. But okay, no, the one back. Yeah, the one before. I have listened to most of that. And yeah, they were talking. And they're about they're Mossberg. talking about like, well, now that Walt's gone, who's going to be the guy? And the answer is right. maybe there's not going to be a guy. Right. Uh, I, I mean, it could have been the guy from the New York Times, except the guy from the New York Times went to Yahoo. I, He's a Yahoo now. That yeah. So, but that's not a, interesting. It's not like he's you know gone there to die. I mean, I know, but he's not going to get his job back at the New York Times. I, maybe he'll go to the Wall Street Journal or something. I don't know. Um, maybe I don't know that he strictly has to. Okay. I mean, I guess I mean Walt Mossberg maintained his cachet as you know re, being at Recode and Vox Media. And, yeah, it turns you know. out they've got an opening over at Vox now. Right. <laughs> right. True, true. Right. Or there's this new Axios thing that people are talking about. Oh, I mean, right. I don't know. There's a lot of places you could go now um, and maybe be the guy. You know, I don't know. I'd like to see him go to Ars Technica. I, mm. I love reading that site. I think they have some brilliant stuff, but 
I don't know that they're going to have the money and the the reach that he's going to want. Right. I mean, ours is kind of a nerd site. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only people who aren't nerds that know about it are people who are friends with nerds and occasionally get right. forwarded links from here. Ours explains yeah. this thing that you need to do or understand. Right. Right. Whereas David Polk's focus has been more, you know, bring technology to the masses, similar to Walt Mossberg. I mean, he writes all the yeah. missing manual books, and it's yeah. kind of like trying to help normals understand how to use their <laughs> iPhone. That's always kind of been his approach. So yeah. And, okay. So, and so speaking of David Polk is still at Yahoo and did this article called "It's the what? iPhone Voiceover." iPhone Voiceover. Right. And so it stems from he was at a conference once and saw. A blind person using their iPhone, and there's this feature of iPhones called Voiceover. When you flip it on, when you put your finger on the screen, when you tap on something, uh, the phone reads to you what's underneath your finger, and so you can drag your finger around, and it'll read you the name of the apps that are going underneath your screen, and then when you find the app you want. You double click on it, and that's like a single tap in mm. normal mode. And then it opens the app, <clears throat> and it'll read web pages to you. It'll read whatever's underneath your your finger. It'll read text messages to you. It'll read everything to you. Um, and it's literally everything. There is nothing on the phone that it won't read you. There are no every app supports it because it's literally baked into the basic iOS APIs, right? There's no way for you to get an app on the phone that doesn't support voiceover. Uh, and um, so this gentleman uh, who, is, there's a little video on that Yahoo link uh, and is the main focus of the article. Um, he, that guy is actually, uh, uh, you know, he works in, Wall Street, he's like a, you know, personal banker and investment advisor or whatever for, you know, super fancy bank, right? So, uh, you know, this guy graduated from Harvard Law. I mean, he's, you know, smart guy, works high-end finance, uh, and he's legally blind. But it doesn't matter, right? Because everything that that would otherwise be printed, his phone can just read to him. And... Uh, if he's on a conference call, right, uh, he can hear, you know, through his headphones or whatever, he can hear the conference call. And if uh, somebody text messages him, he can hear the phone or read the text mm -hmm. message to him at the same time he's on the conference call. And he can hear both. Mm -hmm. But the person on the conference call won't. Only he'll hear it. So if he's on like a three-way call and there's like a text message thing going on on the side, right, uh, you know, he'll be able to hear all of that at the same time he's hearing the call. So if his partner on the call is like, oh, don't bring this up or, you know, be sure to remember to bring up this with the client, right, he can hear all of that stuff all at the same time. And you can control the speed of how fast it reads stuff to you. And uh, this stuff is like they they get so good. People who use this all the time get so good at listening to what it says that they can they can crank the speed up so fast that that regular people cannot it's like speed understand. Speed listening, yeah, yeah. And so in the video, 
he does that. He cranks up the speed, and like I could catch about every fifth word, mm-hmm. right? Because the phone was just just blasting through something, right? Uh, and you you just cannot, for the life of you, tell what it is that it's saying. But but he's like, oh yeah, I, that it was saying this and this and this and this and this, right? Hmm. Um, if somebody hands him something printed, right? Because he he can't read normal print like if it's huge print i think he can read it right but he can't read normal print he's got an app um the the kurzweil uh uh uh, uh nfb app uh which is the national N- nbf the national blindness foundation right it he holds up his phone and takes a picture of the paper and it instantly transforms, you know, it does OCR on the text, and it will read it to him. And it mm-hmm. takes almost no time at all. And you can take pictures using voiceover on the phone, because the voiceover will tell you what you're looking at. Like, if I held up my phone and pointed it at you, it would say, there's one face in the picture, right? And now the focus is locked, and the, 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 the face is centered, right? And you hit the button and take the picture. Hmm. So, blind people can take pictures with the damn iPhone. That's just mind blowing. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, and to, ta- to you know, to to like the guy lived in New Jersey. He worked in Manhattan. He could take the train. The phone could read him the train schedules. If he was taking a car, you know, he would take Uber or Lyft. And when it would tell him that his driver's two minutes away, he'd call the driver and be like, I'm standing on a corner, I've got a blue shirt on, I have a briefcase, I cannot recognize you, mm-hmm. right? I'm legally blind, so just yell at me <laughs> when you pull up in front of me, <laughs> and I'll get in, right? Mm-hmm. And when they dump him off, wherever they dump him off, he can you know, use the compass to figure out which way he's pointing, or ask Siri where he's at, right? And New York is on a grid, so he can figure out where he's going um his complaint was you know because pogue asked him like what's what do you need apple to improve and he's like well it needs a bigger battery (laughs) (laughs) right and pogue is like you know that's the complaint everybody's got he's like yeah voiceover is fine i can totally get through Mm -hmm. my day using voiceover i just need more battery (laughs) yeah the interesting thing was they mentioned that people uh who are using voiceover exclusively and this, they can turn the screen off. Yeah. So their battery actually lasts a lot longer because the that, screen backlight isn't being used. Yeah. But if you're on the phone and right. literally using, using it, it all, all the time, the time it which, still runs out. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I thought that was pretty amazing. Um, there are a lot of features, a lot of accessibility features on the iPhone that I've never explored. I don't even know are there. So a lot of what they were showing yeah. was all news to me. It, um, you know, they talked about it, um, in the article that, uh, older people is, as they start to have, as, as some people have macular degeneration, right? Which is, is basically just kind of slowly going blind, um, stuff like this, technologies like this could really help them, hmm. right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, like my my grandfather's 96 years old. 
he still has pretty good eyesight, so it's not really an issue for him. Um, were it to be, it would be an interesting thing to see if he could learn to use it. I mean, he's kind of always used computers and gadgets his whole life. And, you know, he has a, a cell phone. He has an Android phone, but he has a cell phone. Uh, Does he have, like, the font size cranked way up? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the... Uh, um, so for people of his generation, I'm not... You know, it'd be hard, maybe, to figure out how to add that stuff. But um, you could imagine people younger than him right if you're in your 50s or 60s now mm-hmm. you've probably statistically got a better chance of having figured out how to make a phone do things for you um and so you know you go five years down the line if you start to have some sort of loss of sight you might be able to figure out how to use something like voiceover as a as a way to improve your daily life it's really kind of neat it's hmm. um it's neat that Apple invests the time in stuff like that and doesn't really, you know, they do it because it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. not because they know they're going to make a bunch of money doing it. By how well it's integrated to, you can tell it was baked in from the very start. Yeah. Like, you cannot achieve that level of integration bolting something on after the fact, which is probably what happened with Android. Yep. He didn't talk at all about what the similar experiences on Android, but I'm sure it's terrible. Um, they said somewhere in the article, I thought that it it is kind of bolted on a little bit on Android. And there is support in Android. And like all things on Android, it's getting better all the time. Right. But there are bunches of apps that it just doesn't work for. Right. Because they didn't implement whatever. Right. Hmm. So... There is a good time to get things right, and that's at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know. I thought that was a fascinating thing. It was. Thing. Very cool. Just the speed at which he could use it. And then um, when it's reading text, he could stop on specific words and have it spell them. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. And yeah. the timing of it, right? I mean, his timing is just perfect for, like controlling the phone Uh, yeah when you watch the video and you watch him do it you know i mean this is a a middle-aged man right that's just flying through a phone Mm -hmm. and bending it to his will Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways he looks like a you know a 15 year old kid navigating snapchat (laughs) it's just that he's blind and making the phone do everything that he needs phones to do yeah very cool so what do you want to talk about next? Um, hot solar. Hot solar. Uh, sure. So this is an MIT article. Right. And it's uh, um, it's about solar cells. And um, so this is a very early stage report on technology breakthroughs. So... You're not going to be able to go buy these solar cells tomorrow. It says availability 10 to 15 years estimation. Yeah. But the... um, Well, if you live in a vacuum, you could. So so, (laughs) uh, solar panels, um, you know, they they capture light, turn it into, you know, into electricity. Mm -hmm. And... um, 
there are some limits about how efficient they can be. I, th- I think the article says 32% is kind of the high, high watermark for efficiency. Like it, you know, with current photovoltaic technology, you won't be able to ever build a panel that's more than 32% efficient. And really highly efficient panels now are like 20 to 22. Hmm. Like if you've got infinite money, you can talk about low 20s uh, for efficiency. And there are lots of reasons why. Um, but the one of the biggest ones is uh, a lot of energy from the sun comes in a, in a wide range of spectrum, right? We own the visible light that we see is only one narrow band of the total frequency range of energy that travels to us from the sun. And uh, so the, the basic premise of this technology, it's carbon nanotubes. Nanotubes seem to solve all <laughs> problems. Um, as an aside, did you watch Star Trek The Next Generation? Were you a TNG fan? When I was a kid, yeah. Uh, do you remember how like uh, tachyons were like the particle of the week all the time? Like... Everything could be solved with a sufficiently strong <laughs> pulse of tachyons. I feel like if TNG happened today, it, it would be, be nano, carbon, carbon nanotubes <laughs> would, would be the, the solver of all of the problems. <laughs> okay. So they've um, they've built this super fancy set of carbon carbon nanotubes that are all aligned and. Uh, basically what they do is they put it over the top of a solar cell um, and that captures all the light. They call it a light funnel. And it absorbs all of the light. Not just the visible spectrum that we see. All of it. And it gets really hot. And then once it gets to a thousand degrees Celsius, then there's this uh, material underneath it that they refer to as an absorber and emitter. It absorbs the heat, and then it emits it back out once it gets really hot, but in a much narrower range of spectrum. And so they've engineered it so that the what gets emitted is in the, is in the range that the solar cell, that the photovoltaic, can actually turn into energy. So you absorb all the heat, and then you funnel it back out into a much narrower range. And while the particular solar cell that they manufactured and produced was only like 6.8% efficient or whatever. and In a had, vacuum. And it had to operate <laughs> in a vacuum. They're like, yeah, that's just engineering. Well, right, that's how things start. Um, but they think that this basic technology is going to let them achieve efficiencies uh, much higher than you would be able to achieve using the standard, you know, silicon technologies that we use today. Hmm. So current photovoltaic cells, it's just light, not heat. Right. That's the key. Heat actually works against it. Usually when solar panels get really hot, the, they become less efficient and the voltage sags. Um, it's a problem. So this also allows use of the heat energy. Yeah. It's the hot solar. It basically converts light into heat, which then converts it back into light. 
and then it does its thing. Seems inefficient, but it's more efficient. Hmm. Or will be eventually. I don't know. It's just kind of neat. It's cool. I'm a big... I don't know. I, uh, I'm i intrigued by solar technology. Because I... Uh, I don't know that wind is going to be the thing that drives our future. It'll be a part of it, I'm sure. But I feel like solar is going to be the thing. Eventually. Right? Eventually you'll have solar panels on your roof and the sun is always going to be there well it's going to be getting hotter and brighter <laughs> oh yeah on a human time scale the sun's always going to be there right <laughs> you know eventually the heat death of the universe will occur but... well at that point we don't care where we get our energy from <laughs> yeah i don't so. care <laughs> as long yeah as long as we care about having electricity the sun is gonna be there yeah so uh yeah, so I feel like solar will be the thing that, I don't know that it'll solve all of our problems, but I think it'll be a big component of where we get a lot of our energy from. Uh, it doesn't have, in my mind, it doesn't have the same series of trade-offs that, that everybody else has, that all the other forms of energy have, right? Yep. You can build a dam, but... That's altering your environment, right? You can do a turbine and, you know, if you're lucky, you won't mow down all the birds. Right. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's a mechanical thing. It's got to mm -hmm. be worked on. Mm -hmm. Solar panel, like you put it somewhere and it's just hanging out, mm -hmm. <laughs> making energy. No uh, moving parts. No moving parts. Your biggest problem is a... You know, raccoon or a squirrel or something could come and chew on your wires. That's mm. so. I feel like it's the future. I don't have a good, you know, scientific, rational explanation for why I feel that that's the case. But I definitely feel that that's the case. So, yeah. What else you want to talk about? Anything? Well, uh, you had this video about circular airports. Oh, yeah. We can talk about that quick. Yeah. So, this guy's got this crazy idea. As opposed to building runways the way we do now, what if you built a runway in a really big circle? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of... Um... Oh, it's sort of like a racetrack in that it slopes towards the high side. Yeah, it's banked. Uh huh. But it's like a, it was like three and a half kilometer diameter circle. Mm -hmm. It's a big circle. So you would take off and land from the circle. And so they've done it in simulation and it works. And so one of the key ideas, ideas was you're, you aren't forced to deal with crosswinds because you're not locked into a particular... You can always um, land at the perfect perfect angle to the wind. Exactly. And they showed a couple shots of... It said this guy, you know, one of his inspirations was watching 
high crosswind airplane landing videos on yeah, YouTube. And they showed scary. a short clip of it. I didn't have a chance, but I thought I might go seek out some of those to look because the little bit they showed was pretty freaky. Yep. I mean, like, um, the plane, like, seriously mm-hmm. uh, moving and jolting. Like, um, so, yeah, it fixed that crosswind problem. It supposedly would fix a lot of, like, um, scheduling traffic flow type problems because you would have so many more options for how your approach goes, you yeah. know, for at what point. Well, I think the... they said three planes could either be taking off or landing on this particular runway at the same time. And then in the visualization, it has the terminals then essentially inside of the circle. Yep. So that was another advantage is the footprint of the airport actually can be much smaller. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting. I highly doubt it will ever happen. I don't know. It might. The Chinese are kind of crazy. They might build one. They might. It seems like the airport and air, tra- air travel industry in general um, is just not an industry that is looking for serious innovation at the moment. Um, I don't know that they aren't looking for serious innovation. I think that they're uh, they're very deliberate because they're so concerned about safety. And building an airport is an expensive thing. Yes. So, so I think the stomach for making like major changes in the way an airport operates is probably not. Well, in this high. country, that's true. Yeah, but but China maybe in other places in the world know, it might be like um, maybe places in the Middle East. Maybe potentially, um, I you know it could be places like Africa or something like mm-hmm. that, right? I mean, places that don't have necessarily a lot of infrastructure and might be building airports. India will probably be building a lot of airports hmm. as they become wealthier. So. Cool. Keep your eye out for uh, circular runways. Yeah. Okay, you had one more thing on here then. This movie that's coming out in the, October. The Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Which this was not on my radar at all. Never even heard of it. <laughs> um, now I cannot wait to see this movie. You want to describe it? Um, well, yeah. I just first of all, it's a red bar trailer, um, which I, <laughs> I liked. This movie obviously depends upon a lot of swearing. Oh yeah, uh, like the main character is played by Frances McDormand, and every other word that comes out of her mouth is a cuss word. And you can tell <laughs> that that's like a key feature of her character. Yeah, and so they couldn't. I'm sure they couldn't really portray. You know, the general feel of the movie without without the <laughs> red bar trailer. Yeah. They probably were trying to see how how much can we clip together of, you know, her character speaking where she's not swearing and they probably couldn't get a sufficient trailer <laughs> together. Um, anyway, the premise of the movie is it's this woman who, you know, I didn't totally understand how, but her, her daughter was murdered. Um, no one was held accountable Mm -hmm. and in order to get some accountability, she puts up these billboards calling out the local, local sheriff, sheriff. local law enforcement. Yeah. Um, and then all hell breaks loose (laughs) because it, now she's created controversy right? right? and she won't back down. Um, It looked like there's a lot of fighting, a lot of physical violence in this movie (laughs) based upon the trailer, a lot of swearing. Um, and I cannot wait to see it. 
Yeah, it looks uh, good. It seems kind of like the, uh, you know, she's in a lot of like, um, what, Fargo and... Um, oh, yeah. Who are the brothers? Coen brothers. Coen brothers. She's in a. She's married to one of them. She's in a lot of Coen brother movies. This isn't the Coen brothers, um, but it seemed like it had a lot of the same actors in it. So I don't know if it's somehow tangentially related to them. If or... you just watched the trailer, you'd be like, "Oh, you'd it's a new Coen brothers exactly. film." Exactly. Yeah, exactly. but it's not. Um, so I love Coen brothers movies, and so I think this was right up my alley. What did you have to say about it? I I want to see it, right? And I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, Scott wants to see this. Yeah. He doesn't know he wants to see it, but he wants to see no, it. No, I was watching this and I was like, I hope this movie comes out this weekend. <laughs> and then I looked and it's like October, so it's a long way away. Yeah. Um, it also contains, it also has Peter Dinklage in it, which is a selling point. <laughs> he doesn't do a lot of movies. but Yeah. Yeah, so definitely putting that on the list of movies to see with Matt immediately. Yeah, when it comes out. <laughs> It'll be a good time. We'll uh, we'll do it up. All right. What else you got? That's all I got for now. The scotch is dry. Um, I got. We should try and chat again sometime in the next few weeks instead of few months. That is a good plan. That's what I got. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even next week. No. Well, it depends. They don't want to rush these things. No. <laughs> Later. Yeah. <laughs>